You are listening to a message from Thrive Community Church, a church located in Southwest Florida. For more info, visit us at thrive-fl.org. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God for His Word. Those words came from James chapter 3, and we're in the uh, fourth week of our series on how grace changes everything. We're going to be looking at today, James 3, um, which you just heard up there. Uh, about the tongue and the mouth. And so I have affectionately labeled this message today as managing the mouth. Um, and I hope, uh, I, I'm Guy, by the way, for those of you that don't know me, I'm Guy. I'm um, uh, one of the helpers here at, at the church and glad to fill in for John as he's gone and uh, do my part in, in kind of sharing through this series on grace You'll see the picture frames in the back. They, they actually mean something for this series. Everything that we're looking at and, and that James speaks of is framed in grace, okay? Um, there's a lot of law. There's a lot of stuff. If you were to look at the book of James, you're going to look at it and think that, that he's being pretty harsh and he's coming down with some teachings and it almost, you almost feel like he's wagging his finger at you when he's talking. And maybe he is a little bit to some point, but he, he's doing it in the context of the framework of grace, Last week, uh, uh, Phil shared with us about, about that, um, that, that faith and works, kind of how they go together, that, that there, there's this, he wasn't condemning us for not doing works, but he was saying that out of a righteous heart, out of the true faith, that works evolves. Today, what James, and he goes right out of that scripture, right, right out of faith and works, and comes right into teachers, Okay. We read it here very, very early. Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers. Basically, what, what, if, if I was to be the one speaking, I think what James was saying was, you want to be a teacher? Kind of with that attitude a little bit. Because who of us is righteous? There's not one of us that can get up here there's only been one man that's walked the face of the earth that could actually say some of the things, the things that are said. So, so what he was wanting to do is to tell the leaders, the church at that time, that the mouth and the tongue are some things that we really need to be cautious about. So he started out by saying, you really want to be a teacher? Then consider these things, okay? And so we're, we're going to um, look at... Um, how we can keep from putting the silver foot in the mouth, all right, as Christian leaders and Christian believers. You know, uh, kind of story of, of, of a stock boy. The stock boy uh, was, was filling produce in the produce section, and, and a lady uh, came by and said, um, I really only want to buy a half a head of lettuce. And he said, we don't, I don't, we can't. He said, she said, but I really only want to buy a half a head of lettuce. And he said, well, ma'am, I'll have to go ask the manager. So he starts walking back, and he gets to the manager, and he says, there's some old, you won't believe this, but there's some old bag out here that wants to buy half a head of lettuce. And just about that time, he realized that the lady had followed him. And he turned and said, and this fine woman wants to buy the other half. <laughs> Covered that silver foot pretty fast, didn't he? All of us... Um, put our foot in our mouth sometimes. And, and James, is where we're going to learn here from James is that he's telling us how powerful the words are that we speak. Men, do you know that you speak between ten and 20,000 words a day? 
Seems like a lot for me. I don't know that I speak that many, but between 10 and 20,000. Now, your spouse or the lady sitting around you, you know how many women speak a day? Yeah, you hear the laughs. Somewhere between 30 and 40,000 words a day. So they're speaking at least twice as much as the men are. And, and I'm not saying that this message is any more specific for women as it is for men, but I'm just saying that we speak a lot of words. And James is saying, you've got to watch what you speak. The key verse today, um, I think, in this whole first part of James is, is the second verse. And I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation because, because I like the, the way it's laid out. It says, indeed, we all make many mistakes. Are you in that category? I am. For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. Now, perfect is not that word that you're going to be sinless, blameless, righteous, holy, okay? That's not what James is saying. That, that word perfect is actually probably more uh, with the meaning of being upright, okay? Being believable. Not perfect, okay? but believable and upright. So look at it from that context as Paul speaks that. Why must we watch what we say? James gives us three reasons, I think, in here, and I'm going to outline those, and six illustrations. That's how important it is. He went through six illustrations to let us know how important the tongue is. The first thing I want to suggest that, that James brings out is that my tongue directs where I go. What I say directs where I go. James in verse 3 says, When we put bits in the mouths of horses, we can turn the whole animal. And then he goes on to say, Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. You ever seen a cruise ship? I've been, I've been fortunate enough to go on a few cruises, and I'm amazed how big those ships are. I mean, they stand really tall out of the water, and, and a little bit of it that's underneath the water. And there's this little rudder to steer it. That big ship is steered by the rudder. See, see James has given this illustration to let you know that even though the tongue is small, it's like that rudder on a big ship. It's going to direct. It's directing where you go. The second thing I think James is bringing out here is my tongue can destroy what I have. He uses two more illustrations. He says, consider what a great forest is when a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire. It sets the whole course of one's life on fire and it itself set on fire by hell. That's the NIV version. Um, a campfire. How many of you have been out on a campfire? A couple of weeks ago, I, kinda, I sell fire trucks for a living now, and so um, I kind of get a lot of fire stuff that cr comes into my email and across my desk. And, and out, in, out west, um, there was a fellow that thought he had put his fire out at campfire, and the embers from that, the wind picked up, took the embers from that, and it burned literally thousands and thousands of acres, and even got into a subdivision and burned some homes down, okay? From from little spark that was there. You see, I think James is telling us, too, that the tongue 
is a, can be a consuming fire, can be start out real small. It's just, you know, my words aren't insignificant. Nobody really cares, you know. I'm just telling it like it is. And it starts a whirlwind. I want to suggest to you that in our country today, as you look at small things that happen that have consequences all across the globe, the tongue will can destroy what we have. Right now, I think it's destroying our unity as, a hum, as humanity um, with some of the things that are going on. And James is, is pointing that out to us. Proverbs 21:23 says, "If you want to stay out of trouble, be careful what you say." I like that. If you want to stay out of trouble, and he doesn't mean just stay out of trouble so you don't go to jail. He's saying, staying out of these little conflicts, these squabbles, these things that are going on around you. Stay out of those. Be careful what you say in those settings because you may destroy something with the words you speak. The third thing I think James is is pointing out, and, and he has two more illustrations. He said, my tongue displays who I am. Who I am. I think more specifically, he's saying there's an inconsistency in a lot of the lives of leaders that are in the church. And this was back in that day. They were having some of that struggle that people were saying things and doing things in the early church that, and then living a life a little bit different. And so he says, with the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father. And with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth came praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. He was speaking it to the church and to leaders back in 50 A.D., 30 A.D. Did you hear the words? Let me read them again. With the tongue we may praise our Father, our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. You see, I think I see the same thing happen in today's Society, I think, I think we, we curse people around us. We, we, we find fault with those that aren't like us. We look at people and, and think different things, and we may even say stuff, and so we end up pushing them off to the side. When I say curse, it doesn't mean to use God's name in vain. It's just cursing is, is a separation. It's, it's, a, it's a demeaning. It's pushing somebody away. He goes on to say, Can fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? No, but they flow down the Caloosahatchee River. <laughs> Can a fig tree bear olives or a grape vine bear figs? No, that's inconsistent. There's an inconsistency in those things. Those things can't happen. And what James was saying is, is don't, don't go to church on Sunday and raise your hand and, and throw your arms up and praise God and then go to work on Monday and Tuesday and cuss the people around you and, and use... His name in vain, maybe, or treat people in a way, or speak to people in a way that's demeaning, because it'll display who you are. The problem that James is alluding to is the condition of the heart. You see, it's not necessarily a tongue problem, it's a heart problem. I have have a friend, uh, actually we served in ministry together um, at the last uh, church plant that I was involved in. Potter's House in Camden, Missouri, and, uh, and he used to say, what's down in the well comes up in the bucket. 
What's down in the well comes up in the bucket. You can't paint the well. If there's poison down in the bucket, painting the well on the outside and making it pretty, or the pump house, is not going to change what's coming up out of the well. And so we have a heart problem. And the solution to that is to get a new heart. The solution to, to some of that bitterness that goes on, some of the harsh words we speak, because I, here's what I, a harsh, a harsh tongue may be revealing an angry heart. A negative tongue may be revealing a fearful heart. An overreacting tongue may be revealing an unsettled heart. A boastful tongue may be revealing an insecure heart, a filthy tongue, an unpure heart, and a critical tongue, a bitter heart. So how, how, do, we, how do we change that? Jesus came to give us a new start, to give us the new heart. It's a fresh start. It's coming and starting all over again. So the solution, the first solution is to get a new heart. Ezekiel 18.31 says, Rid yourself of all the offenses you have committed and get a new heart and a new spirit. Now, without getting in too, too deep into the semantics of the power of the Holy Spirit, he's talking about the Spirit here, but Ezekiel's in the Old Testament, remember? So Ezekiel wasn't aware that Jesus was going to come, and the Holy Spirit would be there to provide for you. But here's what I want to tell you. When you receive a new heart, you, when you receive Christ as your Savior, you receive that new heart. And he gives you a gift. It's the gift of the Spirit that comes and lives in you and resides in you. And you can call on that Spirit each and every day to help you, to cleanse your heart, to change your heart, to give you that fresh start, that new start, that, cl that clean heart as you begin. Paul writes this way, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. When you come to Christ, when, when, if you're battling with your tongue and you're finding you're saying things that you don't want to say, you've got to look at the condition of your heart and you need to go to Jesus for that. Okay? That's where it starts. Now, those of us that, if you're like me, you find you put your, you, you're a Christ follower and you believe in Jesus and you have him in your heart, but you still find you're, 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 you're saying things that you shouldn't be saying. And a lot of times I do it to those that are closest to me. Our loved ones end up catching the brunt maybe sometimes. And so I think the second solution to, to guarding our tongue and to watching is to ask God for help every day. Psalmist David, David understood this. He said, set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over my, the door of my lips. David understood that, that in him was nothing good. And that even though he understood he had a God that loved him and was going to take care of him and provide for him, that he still had, had unrighteousness. I went on a cruise, and going back to a cruise, Chris and I went on a cruise, and I happened to meet an older gentleman and his wife that were on there, and he was a kind of an itinerant pastor. He, he, he spoke, he did some preaching and teaching. And, and I, I ended up getting a conversation with him, and my wife says, I need to quit doing that on Facebook. But I got in a conversation in Facebook over some things. And it was it it and I'm going to tell you that it was Perry Noble. And of those of you that know Perry Noble in his church recently, he he was asked to resign and he stepped down from his position. Um, apparently, he was battling some alcohol alcoholism in his life. But at this time, Perry wrote a wrote a thing, and I had posted it out there. I just shared it that that no perfect people are allowed, no no perfect people allowed in his church, is what he was saying. That there were no pe perfect people. 
And what this gentleman then started saying online is that that's the problem with the church today is because we don't hold anybody accountable for their sins. Really? I didn't realize that was the church's responsibility to hold people accountable for their personal sins. I thought it was to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and let the Holy Spirit convict them on what they're doing right and wrong in their life. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't have, still have a responsibility to go to that brother in Christ, but, but first you've got to have a relationship with them, don't you? I mean, I would think that would make sense. So you have to have a relationship with somebody before you, you can go and tell them, hey, you're living your life wrong. And so the church should be that place that we're open and, and we bring people in. Kind of got off topic there, but isn't that true? I think I said it two weeks ago, is that, is that we're, and I think I even heard Phil reiterate last week, is that the church is not a hospital for, is not a, a, a hall for saints, it's a hospital for sinners, for those that are hurting and suffering. And so that's what, that's what we need to be looking at. And so we have to ask God for help each and every day, each one of us, because we are sinners. There is no one, I'm including, and I'm going to, John's not here, so I'm not going to speak for him. I'll speak for myself. I was a pastor for 13 years. I'm not perfect. Not even close. And so I have to ask God for help every day. Sidlow Baxter is an author, and, I, and, and he, he wrote a book called, called Explore the Book. And in it, he kind of goes through the Bible and kind of, kind of um, takes, you, takes you through a, each text. And, and a great book, anyway. But he, he wrote in, in there, The proof that God's Spirit is in your life is not that you speak in unknown tongues, but that you control the tongue you do know. Controlling the tongue that you do know. I, I think he's spot on right there. Is, is that I, I don't have the gift of speaking in tongues, but I know the Spirit of God lives within me. I know I'm under conviction many, in many of the times when I say something or do something. And so I have to, I have to be open to that and seeking that. I need to be asking God for his help in, in helping me get, in, get into um, the mode where, where my mouth is not getting me in trouble, okay? Now, getting into God's word is, is and, and speaking of explore, <laughs> exploring the book, um, you know, I would agree with, with, with Baxter that we have to be in the book. Where else is... is God going to reveal himself to us except in his book. Now, I know he does it individually. I know he does it corporately. But I think his word is given to us to help us for that. There's an old saying, garbage in, garbage out. You heard that before? Yeah. Well, I think it's true. I think it's really true. And, and if we're not in his word on a daily basis, um, I know it, it's, it's true for me. If I, if I neglect or if I'm busy and, and find excuses that, that I haven't been in his word uh, each and every day, that, that, that I start slipping. If I start listening a lot to, to some of the secular music that's out there today, uh, and, and I, well, I guess I don't want to go there too much, but garbage in, garbage out. You got to be careful what you listen to and what, and what you, you're hearing and what you're reading. And that's the start for asking God for help. And then, and then the third thing in the solution, I think, is, is you have to think before you speak. You need to think before you speak. 
John shared the very first uh, week that, um, of this series uh, about having two ears and one mouth. So you should speak half as much as you listen. And James 1.9 says everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. You see, the first illustrations he gave us was the bit in the horse's mouth and the rudder on the ship. And it takes a firm hand on that, on that bridle, doesn't it? It takes a firm hand on the bridle to, to hold the horse back or to make it turn one way or the other. Same, same with the rudder. To steer the ship, it takes a firm hand to turn that rudder. If we're truly thinking before we speak, we're putting that firm hand on the bridle. We're putting that firm hand on the rudder. And we're steering it the direction it needs to be done. Now, I'm going to suggest to you that that's harder, that's harder than we can really... We, we have a hard time accomplishing that on our own. And that's why we need Jesus. Why we need God. The only way to overcome the tongue is to put the bit in the rudder, the directing and the steering of your life, into Jesus' hands. And it has to be each and every day. Every day that you wake up, you need to maybe physically sit up out of bed and, and say, here's, here's the reins. Here's the reins to my life, Father. Take them and use me today for your will and for your glory. You have to actually think about that and make a plan to do that. Today, I, I want to suggest that maybe you need to go to someone and say, I'm sorry for the way I've talked to you. I know that those are um, hard words to say sometimes, but they're healing words. But we have to be willing to do that. We're human and we're going to stumble in many ways. We're going to be apathetic. We're going to be cold. We're going to be indifferent. We're going to say things that are inconsistent and inconsiderate. But just like Ezekiel says, get rid of all your offenses you've committed and get a new heart and a new spirit. Seek him daily and think each day. Think before you speak. Let's pray. Father, everybody needs this message today. It really is a message of how grace changes everything, Father. That, that you love us so much that, that you, you, you put your plan A in our hands. Plan A for this world is, is go into the world and make disciples. That's your plan A, and you're using us, tattered and broken and, and, and sometimes filthy and impure and scared and bitter. And yet you say, use me. I want to use you. And so we sit before you today and thank you for the grace that you've extended us, the forgiveness you've extended us, Father. We ask that you pour out your spirit into us and give us that changed heart. In whatever area that is, Lord, take away the overreactiveness in our lives. Take away the bitterness. Take away the insecurity. Take away the fear. Take away the unpure outbursts. Give us a caring and loving heart like yours so that our tongues bring glory and honor to you. What we say brings glory and honor to you. We ask this all in Jesus' name.